Welcome to the Mornings with Sue and Andy podcast for Friday, July 21st. The plebiscite happened last year and Calgarians voted in favor of having fluoride added back into the city's drinking water supply. But the timeline has been bumped for implementation to 2024. We talk about the importance of adding the supplement and what sort of a difference it will make in dental health with Calgary-based dentist Roger Shankara. Scammers are going to find a way to scam, and now the criminals have chosen to focus on your summer vacation. How can you protect yourself from being caught up in a travel scam? We get some insight from Jake Moore, Global Cybersecurity Advisor from ESET. It's been dubbed Barbenheimer. Brett McGarry of the Couch Potatoes tells us about this big weekend at the box office with the release of both the much-hyped Barbie movie and the historical wartime tale of Oppenheimer. More delays in having fluoride added back into Calgary's drinking water supply, and it's making the costs go up as well. Council voted to re-implement fluoridation of the drinking water system in 2021, and now we're hearing it won't actually be implemented until 2024. Why is it so important to get fluoride back in our water? Quickly, let's ask Calgary dentist Roger Shankarik. Good morning, Dr. Shankarik. How are you? Good morning. Thanks for joining Good. us. I, I know I know you're a big supporter of fluoride in our drinking water. Why do you think it's so important? Well, statistically, we see that fluoride does make a difference for the health of children and, and Calgarians. Um, the School of Public Policy had a good study that showed Edmonton that has fluoridation, Calgary that doesn't. There's a statistical um, or statistical evidence that Calgary's decay rate is much higher than Edmonton's, for example. So it does make a difference um, in the health of, of people, dental health. The dental health side, you know, doctor, well, is one thing, but there's controversy surrounding it, and there are people who come out and say that this is bad for our health. Are there any cons of having fluoridation in the water? No, I think what people don't understand is the bow already has fluoride in it naturally. So we have from 0.4% to 1% of natural fluoride in our water. And so really what we want to do is monitor the amount because some of that is at a dose that we think is too high or an amount that is too high. So really what we're doing is using Environment Canada statistic of 0.7 parts per million and just ensuring that we get a nice consistent amount of fluoride in the water. So I think it's important that people understand that we have fluoride in the water already but it's natural and sometimes too often, or sometimes it's too much. Uh, New Brunswick, for instance, didn't monitor their water and they had uh, an occurrence where they had 3% and a lot of fluorosis. So I think there's a misunderstanding of that. What have you seen in your practice since we did take fluoride out of the water years ago? An increase in decay. And I think the other thing that's important is the demographics of our city and our country are changing. So with immigration, we see a high incidence of decay. There's no question from people that are coming into our nation. And I think that long term, that's going to be a real benefit in future generations. So it's not only naturalized, you know, Calgarians and Canadians, but as we welcome other people into our country uh, and into our city, we're going to see a real change. And we see a lot of decay in, you know, in those groups for sure. So we want to make a difference. A more robust fluoride program into our water supply, doctor. How quickly would we see some positive results? How quick would it change the fortunes when it comes to the dental issues for some of our residents? Probably it would take years. Uh, you know, it start. It would be a slower process. Uh, fluoride is sort of absorbed 
from the inside out. Uh, children and seniors are the two demographics that we see the most benefit. Uh, but, you know, I mean, we would start to see a difference probably within, um, let's say, a year. But some of that will take time as, you know, kids are born and grow and such forth. So it's a long-term impact. But the savings, uh, I'll just point out that the $28 million, for instance, with the uh, we made estimates on what, or the city makes an estimate as to how much it's going to cost to put fluoride into the water. If the previous administrations had not taken fluoride out, we wouldn't have any increase in cost. Mm. But it's an estimate that was just off. It's not so much that there's been an increase. Um, and so I think that's important for people to understand. But this cost savings is going to be from cents down for the cost of people receiving dental care versus hundreds of dollars. Um, so there's going to be a, a long-term cost savings to the average citizen in not needing or seeking dental care. Is there a pretty big consensus in your industry for the, for you know believing that it's important to have it back in the water enough that it, it can change how you know the, the not just the the dental health but the health overall of young kids growing up through to adulthood? One hundred percent, yes. Amazing. We got a question here, doctor, on the text line, yeah. which is what, what's wrong with tablets? And I'm not familiar with this, that that's fluoride tablets. Um, yeah. and is it more of the catch-all that the, the uh, certain demographic would not visit the dentist and have access to these tablets? It is. But so tri-bifluor and polybifluor are the two tablet forms or drop forms. And so we used to use that in Calgary. And what you have to be careful of is this is going to be a nice uniform disbursement of fluoride or monitoring of fluoride versus, let's say, a parent that maybe forgets to put the fluoride in. So now puts three drops in when they return from holidays, for example. So there's a lack of consistency and I think a greater chance of fluorosis. But again, we also have to remember the bow has natural fluoride in it. So we're monitoring, and sometimes that's a matter of just adding a little bit of fluoride or mm-hmm. you know, not adding any in a short period if the natural amount is too high. So if we're complementing that by adding drops, then we're almost creating more of a problem of fluorosis. So the water is a much more consistent way to administer health. Thank you so much for breaking it down. Appreciate your time this morning. Yeah, love the show. Take care. Thank you very much. Dr. Roger Bye. Shankara, Calgary dentist. And, you know, like he lives it. He, yeah. he sees it on the daily. So obviously when, you know, 100% of dentists are in favor of making sure that we have that even flow of fluoride in the water, it's going to improve so dental health and health. not four out of five health. dentists recommend. But <laughs> five, five out of five. I, it, that's exactly when my, my uh, teens now, when they were children, and uh, the dentist, maybe between the ages of four and six, they uh, pulled me aside. Oh, you work in the media. We should talk. Well, they really wanted to get the message out. And one of the things that this dentist who'd been in the business for 25 years at that point even was saying was, yeah, that notice. Hey, it was, it was yeah. a handful of years after. I saw the generation coming up without fluoride, and it was like flipping a switch. So I, I go with the yep. experts when it comes to this. My mom, we had to fluoride in the in the water when I was young in Edmonton, said that she believes that that helped me have half-decent teeth. I, yeah, I, I, obviously, I... I Let's I see. Oh, they're not bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, I mean, for me, it's the case that, you know, what if I didn't? You don't know, yeah. right? Well, I know I, my two kids and... Dr. Shankarik, full transparency, Dr. Shankarik is my dentist. Yeah. And he, you know, has said over the, like, you could see the difference between my daughter, the oldest. Yeah. And then when they took the fluoride out and what, you know, the transpired with my son's teeth thereafter. Because it does, it takes time, right, to build up and to to be 
something that you will isn't is noticeable and, and he could see it and just in the difference said, yeah. in the age of the two kids that it would take years but yeah. we'd get there and we got a text from jay here what was the reason we had to get rid of fluoride last time was was there a, a debate? great question that's you know that's something that i'd have to, to, to take a look at we did have it we got rid of it you know because you know city hall is going to city hall mm-hmm. for whatever reason it was a decision made but the fact of the matter is we don't have it and i was shocked to hear dr shankarik mentioned that we do have it already naturally occurring in the bow that's yes. that's interesting and i think that's the thing right sometimes we don't get all the details it's, yeah. it's a typical thing we get you know with this, we're expecting everything from the city and we don't do our own research and due diligence sometimes yeah and you know if we don't get all that information from the city then there's a lot of misunderstanding and then that's why people disagree on things and we can't get a consensus about should fluoride be in the well it's already there naturally occurring absolutely i don't think most people probably even knew that with the arrival of summer or the warm weather a lot of people are planning their summer vacations but new data shows fraud and scams are on the rise when it comes to travel. What are some of the scams we should be looking out for? Well, we've got some answers right now with Jake Moore, Global Cybersecurity Advisor for ESET. Good morning to you, Jake. Good morning. Uh, Listen, let's break this down because scammers are going to scam, and now they're trying to take advantage of our holidays. How do these scams relate to our travel plans? What should we be looking for? Well, cyber criminals are so clever. They know exactly how to manipulate people. And in our daily routine, if you might hop onto social media, you may see some of these scams right there. And they obviously don't look like scams at that moment. And you might be thinking that they might have been verified by these these platforms, but they hide in amongst them and they look good. And they might take you to these websites. And we've heard of cloned websites and they do exactly that. They clone a very good website and they put all the right stamps on there make them look authentic and this is part of the scam and so you let down your guard and you uh, hopefully well, they're hoping you just give them a, a lot of the money and then the holiday doesn't come and this is because so many people forget to put in that research and their due diligence when they are looking for these types of holidays so jake i mean what kind of research do we need to do how do we verify that we're actually dealing with a legit travel company or a hotel or a rental place well it's it starts with the internet with searching and looking for reviews and uh, uh, and looking for the url and making sure that that is the legitimate website that you should be looking at um re- research can be in all sorts of different ways uh, by typing in the the, the firm the, the company that there might be uh, that you're looking at and if it's been used in the scam before, hopefully someone else may have spoken about it. Reviews are also a very good thing to look into. So if you're seeing uh, a serious amount of reviews, that's actually a good sign. You want to be seeing good. And, and some will say some negative things and some will say some some uh, some very positive things. And that's what you would expect. But sometimes you just might get a feel for it when it looks a bit too strange. And equally, you might see them or say it was absolutely an amazing, amazing uh, website to be using but then there's only say three or four reviews on there so it's just about taking time and i I say this in in any type of event on the internet doing that research spending extra time uh, will always save you money well let's talk let's talk about this you're talking about the reviews and some of them might be glowing but there might only be a handful so we keep that in mind but in general when it comes to maybe a travel deal or something promised at a destination that knocks your socks off. If you can uh, talk this, uh, uh, talk about this aspect, Jake, about if it's too good to be true, it probably isn't. It, that transfers to travel as well, doesn't it? 
Yeah, that's right. So the too good to be true thing, it's out there in, in every aspect of whenever we're buying on the internet. And that's because they're, they're trying to to prey on the fact that we're so excited about going on holiday. Those vacations, you know, especially in a cost of living crisis seen all over the world, people are looking for deals. Of course they are. But this is when they'll, they'll try and undercut all those other legitimate uh, deals that are out there just to try and get your interest and hoping that you might part with your cash. But again, it comes back to to thinking about it, uh, maybe even taking a few minutes, uh, showing someone else what you found. That also really, really helps if you show someone what you've seen, because it sometimes takes another pair of eyes to actually mm-hmm. make you realize that there might be something strange about it. I know one of the points you wanted to talk about was uh, double checking that a seller is at ATOL as a short form, ATOL protected, A-T-O-L. What does that stand for and what does it mean? I, do you know what? I can't remember what it okay, stands so- for, but ATOL protected, it means you get that extra security okay. when you're purchasing uh, a vacation. So, for example, one of the main things there will be how you have to pay through credit cards. So not to be paying through wire transfers or gift cards. I've even seen holidays saying that you can save a certain amount of money if you pay via crypto. To me, that's a huge red flag, but to someone who's might maybe wanting to save some cash mm-hmm. might go down that route. So it gives you that extra protection. Uh, now, that's not to say that they might not just go and stamp a, a number and the rubber stamp that, or the, the picture of it on their website, but it just gives you another angle to go and do that research to make sure that it is actually what it says it is. And that also works for if the company is to go out of business between when you buy the, the vacation and actually when you go on that. And I've had that happen to me before. I bought with a, an airline once and it went out of business by the time it got round um, mm. of when I was actually going to um, to Canada, funnily enough. Well, <laughs> well, research is key for sure. Thanks for bringing up some of these points. Appreciate your time. Thanks very much. Thank you, Jake Moore, a global cybersecurity advisor for ESET. You can go to welivesecurity.com for more information. We're checking in with the host of the Couch Potatoes as we do every Friday morning. Brett McGarry joins us. Hi, Brett. Hello there. I know you're very excited about this. I know that you love that they've combined these two names to turn them into one. (laughs) The two big, and they are both, it looks like, going to be really big movies opening this weekend. Tell us about Barbenheimer. That's right. You know, this is a really, really exciting weekend at the movies because both of these movies, Barbie and Oppenheimer, individually are interesting and both of them look great but the fact that they're both coming out on the same day has created this phenomenon which as you referred to people are calling barbenheimer which i i just hate that that trend of combining names uh you know that we see it with every anytime there's a, a big power couple they gotta turn them into benefer or whatever but but that aside i think this is this is all great news for the movies, for the movie business. So why don't we first start with uh, a quick sneak peek of Barbie. Hey, Barbie. Can I come to your house tonight? Sure. I don't have anything big planned, just a giant blowout party with all the Barbies and plant choreography and a bespoke song. You should stop by. So cool. You can find me under the lights, diamonds under my eyes. This is the best day ever. It is. And then on the, the flip side, I mean, what, what's also exciting is 
you, I don't know that there's ever been two movies that come out on the same day that are so diametrically <laughs> opposed in their content. So why don't we just hear a quick sneak from Oppenheimer. This is a matter of life and death. But I can perform this miracle. World War II would be over. Our boys would come home. That's happening, isn't it? Well, remember this day. All right, so you've got Barbie, who is directed by Greta Gerwig, based, of course, on the the, the all-time Hall of Fame toys and dolls, and uh, Margot Robbie plays Barbie, Ryan Gosling plays Ken, and then Oppenheimer, directed by Christopher Nolan, is uh, based on the life of J. Robert Oppenheimer, the father of the atomic bomb, played by Killian Murphy, who's in his first lead role in a Christopher Nolan movie. He often plays supporting characters in Nolan's movies. And uh, both movies have huge supporting casts. Um, in Oppenheimer, the, Matt Damon is in it. Robert Downey Jr. is in it. Apparently, Robert Downey Jr. doesn't have a ton of screen time, but the, the time he is on the screen is among the best work he's ever done. And uh, I, I don't even know where to start because there are so many things to, to say about both of them. One of the most fascinating things about Oppenheimer is apparently there is not one single shot that is CGI. Mm, not, wow. even the, not even the recreation of the, the, the explosion of the, of the atomic bomb. So I don't know how they pulled that off. But uh, yeah, so it's, it's just it's a cool weekend because they're both of these movies are getting excellent reviews, and what's because they're out on the same day, people are turning this into like a double feature. They're 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 going out of their way to say, okay, I'm going to watch both of these movies in the same day. And in Canada, I know that Cineplex has said that they've sold tens of thousands of advanced tickets already for both of them, for people who are going to be seeing both movies on the same day. There's arguments about. What's the appropriate order to watch these movies in? <laughs> uh, so yeah, like it's just it's a, as somebody who is cheering for the movie business, especially now that we have this actors strike on top of the writers strike, and we're we're about to see potentially what we went through in the pandemic with uh, this sudden sort of non like lack of content. Uh, this is this should be a good good weekend. Yeah, I, w- I want to ask you this, Brett. I know that you know you're all about the content, steering us in the right direction for our entertainment value in dollars. And we have two completely different movies here. But in the end, you know, movies it's it's a, a showbiz industry. Who's going to come out on top if you had to pick one winner at the box office between these two? Oh, it's going to be Barbie, hands yeah. down. And that's that's not that's not to indi- indicate failure on Oppenheimer's part. Barbie is under two hours long. So and Oppenheimer is three hours long. So uh, Barbie will get more screenings. Uh, although Oppenheimer does get three weeks at IMAX. So and you, that's a you got to pay extra to go see it at an IMAX screen. So it'll it'll get some extra pickup from there. But Oppenheimer is also rated R. So it's a three hour rated R movie mm-hmm. that's dialogue heavy uh, about real life, real heavy stuff. And so that's that's going to chase some people away. But the fact that it was directed by Christopher Nolan, I think I think real cinephiles will go out and see that. But Barbie is is the one that's more accessible, I think, for because the, the way they're marketing it, they're, they're saying if you love Barbie, come see our movie. If you hate Barbie. 
comes here movie <laughs> because they they've done it in a way where it sort of sends up and kind of playfully mocks Barbie but also celebrates it. Mm-hmm. So uh yeah, but Barbie will win just just based on the fact that it's more accessible overall. You don't find you don't think Barbie's a heavy movie? No, probably not. Uh, my two teens though are both want to see it, so I do think Barbie's going to win out. It's going to be a huge, huge weekend. Maybe you know, just go see both of them like everybody's doing. It's the trend, whether Brett likes it or not. Barbenheimer has attacked, and it is here for the weekend. Have a Barf. great <laughs> have a great weekend yourself, Brett. All right, you too. He's Brett McGarry of the Couch Potatoes.